Stephanie Coxon. And I'm Kathy Anderson Martin. And we are two women influencing real life. So let's twirl. At the beginning of the pandemic, there were a lot of narrative speakers. Everybody seemed to be on the same page about distancing and masking and so many other things. But there were a rare few that stood up and uh, spoke out differently. And one of those individuals is on our show today. His name is Graham Hetrick, and Graham is the has been the coroner at Dauphin County, Pennsylvania, the capital city in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, for 30 years. And in his capacity, he's certified over 13,000 deaths, investigated approximately 600 homicides, and participated in about 3,000 autopsies. Graham also has an international reputation as star of the coroner. I speak for the dead on investigation discovery ID channel. His list of subject matter specialties and accreditations is long, including uh, expert on drug abuse, violent crime, forensic methodology, and we're very pleased to have him today. So I want to talk about heart attacks, cancer, pharmaceutical drugs, pre-COVID, post-COVID. We've got a lot of questions. So join us. I'm Stephanie Coxon. And I'm Kathy Anderson-Martin. And we are two women inspiring real lives. So let's twirl. So welcome, Graham. We are so happy to have you here today. And, you know, we probably should get started at the beginning when COVID started. And as we mentioned, everyone was quick to say the same things. You were at the very beginning an outspoken um, kind of naysayer about the narrative of, you know, with masks, distancing and so forth. And we're on the news and media saying, you know, here's here's my opinion. What made you think that and why were you so uh, willing to put yourself out there for those things? Well, the first thing I should say, I'm not a clinician. Uh, I am what they call a lay coroner, but uh, I spent uh, a good deal of time over the last 30 years uh, in various areas, the, the psychology of death, the psychology of the relationship of evidence to, to scenes. In other words, you can collect evidence, but if you don't uh, do an analysis, a threshold analysis of the evidence. It doesn't come together as a cohesive whole and tell you the story. So I sort of did my own threshold analysis when they started talking about this uh, vaccine coming in. It just didn't sound right to me, especially when I heard a Dr. Shang Lee say, oh, it's from Batsu. And I was uh, an adjunct professor down at Harrisburg University. So uh, I was able to download many studies of Dr. Sean Lee's without paying for them, <laughs> which was a real blessing because I wasn't paid for this research. Uh, today, uh, the, probably the research that I have uh, collected on the movement of COVID since November of uh, 2019 to today, it's in uh, three of those large, you know, foul cabinet boxes. So I, I try to uh, go down the rabbit careful hole. telling people that information, Graham. Someone might show up at your <laughs> office and <laughs> look yeah, for you. <laughs> well, the first time it happened to me that I, I didn't realize that the age or the era of debate was over because COVID was here and you couldn't have counter thinking uh, was I was on uh, I was on public uh, radio 
and also it, it, it videos just like this does. And I've been off. I've often been on on that program, but I had done this research on Dr. Shang Li and a Dr. Barrick, who published in 2015 in Nature Medicine how they made the COVID SARS-19 virus. <laughs> and I always look at these nine nine degrees of separation. They got the SARS part of the virus from Fort Detrick, Maryland, where I actually worked at one time in security there, and I know exactly what they make there. And uh, they were, that was during the, many years ago at, in uh, the, the Vietnam era, and they made biological weapons and were testing biological weapons there. And uh, so I thought that was interesting that the SARS part came from that. The COVID part came from China and Dr. Shang Li. Dr. Shang Li, Dr. Barrick worked at Chapel Hill, North Carolina. So um, they, in their own document, which you can, I believe you can still get it on the internet. And I'll repeat it. Nature 2015 chimeric virus. Now, if you don't know what chimeric is, that means we just made a monster. <laughs> it You make a virus. And uh, they made this chimeric virus. Um, and it uh, then made some people nervous politically and they said well we're gonna we're not going to make this anymore we're not going to make chimeric viruses anymore and we're shutting down this program well the program simply moved from uh chapel hill north carolina down to wuhan in china where the uh the work continued and uh voila somewhere around September, November of uh, 2019, this gets out of that lab. Theoretically, I can't say whether it was accident or purposeful, but um, it did get out. And um, it did also have the ability to get into ACE2 receptors in the human body, which allows it to get into the body. Is this what you were sharing on public radio that made yes, them was, um, get all worked up? Well, the uh, monitor, uh, the moderator did because he started screaming that I was a conspiracy theorist, which is interesting. <laughs> he should look up. He should look up the history of the phrase conspiracy theorist. Guess where it came from? Where? I have no idea. That nomenclature CIA. 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 There you, oh, excellent, oh. Stephanie. There she goes. Get so, talk one up for Stephanie. I said, well, Sparky, I have the paper right here in my hand. <laughs> I think I bet you he loved that you called him Sparky. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> At any rate, um, I, I don't think I'm a, a persona non grata. And everything was wiped away. And I realized that there wasn't there wasn't a true desire for discussion. And there wasn't a true desire for scientific thought. Um, so if, if you look at a peer review paper and you don't even want to debate it and you know, it's been made in North Carolina, um, it wasn't until 
probably 2003 that it started to come out, hey, this thing was made in North Carolina by Dr. Barrick and Dr. Shang Lee. So it took that long for this to even get the capacity to be mentioned by other people. Now, you you mentioned that when you started mentioning this, you were uh, you know not welcome anymore on public radio and had been a frequent guest. Has that happened in other areas? I mean, that when you took a, a position different than the narrative? Well, I, I, I stood against another thing, which I thought just was not based on science. And I had multiple peer-reviewed papers, which I bundled up and uh, fuddled my way to a school board meeting. And at the school board meeting, I said, take the mask off these children because it doesn't work. There's studies that show that it doesn't work. It does. It, it's going to affect the, and Stephanie, you would know this, the microbiome of the mouth. Yeah. Um, it increases it increases your, uh, your O2 in your body. You don't have the ability to expel bacteria out. You just rebreathe yeah. your own bacteria. Now, I, I do graduate work in psychology, too, and there's a very interesting thing of the development of the amnigalia. Am, and this covering of the mask like this affects children as they're maturing, both in speech and their ability for empathetic thinking, because they have to learn to read the face. I just I went up to uh, a child the other day and I started smiling and it it started smiling at me and we were having a great time. And that's because she didn't have a stupid mask across her face. How did the school board react when you presented that information? Um, I uh, it's a local school board. You would know the players, but I'm not going to mention. That's okay. But uh, I was I was called a, uh, a detriment to public health by somebody running uh, a corporate hospital yeah and it was uh, gladly picked up in the papers that uh, i was criticized as being i was the only one that had papers there nobody else did this, well this, facts are a stubborn yes. thing graham i don't know why you would think that facts would help you out when you're forming an opinion <laughs> that's crazy especially in the crazy co- talk crazy yes. talk especially in post-covid world <laughs> you know that was my first exposure to it then um, I, I continually studied and looked at various reports, which were very difficult even for doctors to record. Um, and then you start looking. I think what grabbed me the most was uh, the, the silly things they asked us to do, to lock down, um, to stay six feet apart. I was so upset about them putting these stickers all down my hallway to so the forensic center that would say stand six feet apart that I asked them for one more sticker. And I think I, no, I don't have one here <laughs> on the wall, but I put it in the men's room between the two urinals. And I, <laughs> I took a photograph at it and sent it off and said, you know, this is how this works. <laughs> I'm sure they appreciated that at the, at the county, right? Yeah, again, um, 
it, it didn't work out well. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, and everybody, everybody that understands the size of a virus as compared to a bacteria knows that that mass is equivalent to throwing sand through a chain link fence. If you just visualize that, that's about how good the mask is. And I'm talking even the uh, 95 mask because you're moving around in it. And the original studies on mask and whether it was really a problem was uh, uh, because doctors were having effects by being in surgery for 10, 10 hours of, let's say, uh, uh, orthopedic surgery, and they were breathing into a very secure uh, N95 mask, and they wondered whether there were health problems. So um, I, I did present some peer-reviewed papers that said that there are issues there. But the fact of the matter is, if you remember at the same time, they were saying, and then now they've resurrected it. They said, well, we got to do away with money because the virus will stay on the money for over 10, 10 hours. Yeah. Yeah, for the digital now, currency as a yeah, reason. That is absolutely asinine. It doesn't. And even in the beginning, I was, I said, these are the guys are supposed to be specialists in this. So we had a, a special cleaning service that came in to do our autopsy suites and stuff like that. And uh, it's always good to be clean, but it had no, it, I don't think it had any effect on the dissemination of the virus. As a matter of fact, I think the some of the most common and normal things, they totally ignored, like what what's your vitamins, C level, your vitamin D level, do you have oh, zinc? They, they weren't interested in people being healthy, which no. actually no, it, I think leads us. It. Yeah. They're, and that leads me, you know, I think we're really curious about like the vaccine, the co the vax rollouts, you know, two years after the vaccine has been out now, what are, what are you seeing, um, you know, from your perspective of autopsies or calls that you're getting, do you, what is what's going on in that in that realm? Well, you have to what they have done to us with the COVID protocol is they utilized emergency measures to do things to the our civil rights that could never be done any other way. Right. That's one of them is. They protected the very people who have the most dangerous medication in the history of rollouts. And they protected them under an EAU, emergency authorization use, right? Um, emergency use authorization. I knew that what you were saying. They're protected okay. from, from suit. Now, that does have a clause in it and that's is that you're protected from suit nobody can content, uh, protect uh, you know uh sue you for the vaccines and if i if i remember correctly it was ronald reagan that actually gave that coverage yes in other words he he was the one that said well that sounds like a good idea because these guys spend millions and millions of dollars 
to of research. And if we have an emergency, they should be protected in some way. Right. I, don't think, <laughs> so, I don't think Reagan saw what came in 2020 and 21, but I, I don't think know. any of us did. I no. don't think any of us did. With good intentions. And then what happened? But yeah. The, uh, the, the fact of the matter is that I can take you, if anybody can test me on the book, Vax, Novax, but there is not one single, and I'm talking about all vaccines. And I was not that way before. And I, when I went into the military, you took so many vaccines, they just used this pneumatic thing. And you'd stand there in line in your shorts and bam, 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 they're punching you full of vaccines. I didn't know what I was punched full of. I do know that later uh, uh, I did get um, malaria. And that was actually while well, I was down in the Fort Detrick thing because the particular vaccine wasn't attenuated enough. And I got um, malaria for a short period of time. But um, all of that, all of that was the big growth. But it once once we released the emergency use and uh, then the mandate, what you're doing is you're taking away the First Amendment rights. You're taking away, we, we have lost the uh, Fourth Amendment. The, uh, it just goes down the line. The freedom of speech is gone. And... Uh, I think that Americans, I like Americans because they're contrary. And so all the uh, alternative media that has come out has been really uh, a salvation because I'm trying to think of all the conspiracy theories that are now true. Well, you know, they're saying um, I've heard back and forth with coroners reporting, you know, seeing differences in bodies as they're doing autopsies since the vax has come out. And then you see other reports saying, oh, that's not true. That's not true at all. Have, have you had experience with that and with your peers um, with seeing something different? Yes. In the the, nature of the consistency of clotting is, is different in clots. Now, I talked not so long ago because uh, Dr. Peter McCullough one of the most published cardiologists in the world. And he was also an epidemiologist. And he said, Graham, he said, I, I saw a consolidated clot three and a half feet long. Wow. Wow. I, now, I have no idea about that. Clots, and it does that not exaggerate. That sounds that's, awful. Yeah. Now, I, I, that that's interesting because there there have the, the clotting is different you do have these lighter colored consistency they call them chicken fat clots but um you you have those when a body is deceased and they lay dormant for a period of time but not like this plus um we we have not tracked nor do they intend to track and what who what Dr. Cole? Do you know Dr. Cole, the pathologist? Dr. Ryan Cole. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they've tried their best to who who was a, a well known uh pathologist 
And he started doing autopsies on these bodies. And he was the one that pointed out first because of his information from India and a Japanese study that um, this is not a vaccine because of lipid nanoparticles that is delivering it to all the tissues of the body. It's in the liver, it's in the testes, it's in the ovaries, it's in, uh, you know, all the organs and it's crossing over the blood brain barrier. So it it is not a vaccine. It is an injection. It is an mRNA technology, which we don't know much about. So if you um, as a coroner, I mean, you have a perspective that very few people in the world have uh, with what you do. If you see, you know, a body that you think maybe the vax was a um, somehow re- involved or responsible for the person's death or whatever. Are are there mechanisms that we have in place to report that, to find the long-term? I mean, are you allowed to say, here's why I think this person is deceased because of contributing factors to the vaccine? Or is that something that's also we can't talk about as, as a coroner or anyone else? Well, it's difficult but there's consistencies in these syndromes. A uh, uh, 40-year-old woman, perfect health, takes the vaccine, then later on she takes a booster. Um, she always gets up in the morning, takes her kids at the bus stop, then she walks and runs the neighborhood, comes back, lays down for an hour, and then gets up and goes to work. Well, she didn't get up. And then the question is why? And in the autopsy process, I asked the medical legal investigator, I said, do you know whether she was vaccinated or boosted? And it was both. And um, when we looked at the heart, she had severe myocarditis. When we looked at the lung, she had almost like petechial hemorrhage across here where she was hemorrhaging within the lungs too. And um, on that particular one, I did have that information. I had some proximity. So I put down what Dr. Ross, a brilliant uh, forensic pathologist I've worked with for 28 years, uh, we put down myocarditis and then other significant conditions COVID vaccine. Now, I don't know, but it is something, it's a significant condition. Right. Now, you would think when that woman passed away that they would want to know that information. They would want to look at that tissue. They would, we don't have the funding to do that, where I would have sent all that tissue off to Peter McCullough, but he doesn't have the time to do it either. And Ryan Cole is another one. You know, I'd love to have those. I'd love to fund that type of research because it's just insane that we have had, we shut down swine flu, I believe, for two deaths or four deaths. We've had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of deaths with this quote unquote, I'm just going to call it a jab because I don't really believe it's a vaccine. And we've had hundreds of thousands of deaths. 
we've had hundreds of thousands of injuries of which nobody's being covered because they're protected. And now they're just, they're willy-nilly saying, well, yeah, it's great for young people. Well, if you look at all cause deaths, which is what insurance companies look at, because they got to pay out on these, right? So they are very good actuarials. And there's a, I think it's is Dowd is his name, but there's also a, an actuarial I've actually spoken with. Ed Dowd, and, yeah. Yeah, on the all-cause deaths, uh, they're all skyrocketing. And sometimes, well, in those like 40 and under, the rate of myocarditis has skyrocketed. You know, I want to I want to pause you right there. We have to go to break, but I want to come back and I want to talk about this specifically. So hold on for just a second. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight 
for the soul of humanity. shows go to podcast typically a day or two after the broadcast is heard on talk radio so if you can't catch us on the weekends catch us on tuesday you can hear them on spotify stitcher pandora and iheart podcast and many more be sure you subscribe and rate the show on apple podcast for us so you know you're talking about all cause um mortality going up what are you seeing are you seeing an increase of you know when you're doing the autopsies are you seeing an increase of of cardiac issues what what are you seeing exactly from a day-to-day perspective and i ask another question with that um in addition to cardiac isn't there some conversation about like what they call turbo cancers as well or well or does that hold well, yeah that's the that's sort of like the layman's term turbo cancer that we, I, we i'm a layman i'm a layman you guys have more science i just say what i hear well <laughs> I, I just found about the uh, out about this SV40, uh, but uh, everybody that I've talked to that's in in the field of oncology is telling me that the cancers are aggressive. They're very aggressive in young people. There are, there are women who have been cancer free four, five, six years, and now it, it's come back ravaging. Well, especially I want to clarify SB 40. That was a virus that was put into a vaccine early on um, that will later cause certain types of cancer. I don't know that everyone knows knows that. So I think it's before the COVID vaccine. Yeah, this is before the COVID vaccine. So I believe there were about a million people injected with SB 40. What did it supposedly protect you against? It was a part of I think it was part of the smallpox vaccine campaign, was it not? Um, it was either smallpox or polio. Yeah, I can't remember. It's either smallpox or polio. And then they later found out that this was cancer causing. Gotcha. And so now what we're seeing, um, and, and they can actually put the cancer back. They can trace it back. So this is not conspiracy. You know, they they know where some of these right. cancers okay. come from. Okay, so let's go ahead and continue. I just want to make sure everyone's clear on what that is exactly. So it wasn't I, like a- I had no idea. Well, now you know. Thank you very much. I, I think these times- types of contaminants and the use of lipid nanoparticles. And we know there's been uh, graph- graphene contaminants of some kind, and I'm, I'm not quite sure what that is, but let's just look at all-cause deaths. A whole lot of people are dying, and it's much higher than would be epidemiologically expected a two or three percent increase in one year would be phenomenal well um uh new zealand heavy vaccinated and boosted countries are seeing 20 and 30 percent increases in all on all all cause deaths and i like that because um it should be a, a it should be a warning sign that we have to do much deeper studies, many more autopsies, and we have to um, have a separate reporting system on this phenomenon because 
if a dem- epidemiologist is worried about a 2% increase, I think they should be shocked at a 20 or 30% increase. In the past, Graham, was that something that would be done if we saw these kinds of things? Like you said, the 2%, would they be telling you as a coroner, hey, look at this in the autopsies versus now? Like, hey, we're not going to talk about it? Well, like, like I said, the swine flu was shut down, I think, on two deaths or three deaths that were reported. Uh, so it's a very minimal number. This is the only time that in the history of man that we've taken a technology which is not refined, has never been tested on humans, and then put it out there in the market. And now with no additional study and no more additional information or refinement, nor do we have consistency of batches, and that's been proven. The batches are are different. Many of them are contaminated. All this death that we're seeing, either at the clinics, after boosting, we know, we know that in pediatric studies and pediatric protocols alone, let alone this mRNA technology, uh, they have large co- cohorts of children, 10,000 here, 10,000 here. These people were vaccinated. These people were not. Then they over... from a very young age to age 13, how many many visits to the pediatrician and how many serious illnesses, how much autism, and we know autism has gone through the roof exponentially. And so I think it's one in every 45 or 50 children now. 35. One in every 35. 35. Now, that's frightening. That's absolutely frightening. It used to be one in a hundred thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that I thought was um, phenomenal that kind of came out during COVID, the COVID years, less children were going into the pediatric offices and therefore were not getting their routine vaccinations. And oddly enough, the rate of SIDS also went down with that. And I don't so know that an infant death syndrome. Yeah. And I don't know that that information has gotten out that that is what happened, but there are some statistics out there and I can't remember who put them out there. I mean, is that something, do, do you get auto, um, autopsies for children? Did you notice anything like that? Uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Ross and I fought with the Academy of Pediatrics for quite some time on even the, the nomenclature, sudden unexpected infant death, no, sudden infant death syndrome. Syndrome means that you have a system of artifacts or symptoms that then you can put into a syndrome and say, oh, if they have this, 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 and this, then it SIDS, right? Yeah. But They didn't have a list of this, 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 and this. They just, so we said, why don't you tell it what it is? And then finally, it was changed to uh, sudden unexplained infant death, SUDI. And that's what we call it today because that's the truth. It isn't a syndrome. There isn't some mystical thing out there that is happening because of, I don't know, the butterflies or something. It, it just they 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 love to make up. Look look what we have now. They when they don't know what they're doing, they create an acronym. 
Right. Yeah. And so the acronym now is sudden what? Sudden adult adult, adult death. death syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that that goes back to that old uh, thing, you know, say it enough and people will believe it. Yeah. And there are. I think there's. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, they have the, words. Yep. They, they have the syndrome. Well, what, what is the commonality of the syndrome? Just the age? Or, right. you know, yeah, it isn't it isn't a medical term. It's a it's a it sounds professional, but it's idiocy. And really, you're seeing the the all the mortality rate go up in younger people, correct? Yes. So, so the older people has it remained the same, or has their mortality rate also increased? Their mortality rate has increased, and mainly because of either um, cardiac issues or clotting issues. Okay. But then we all we have the all we have eighteen hundred side effects that were listed i have the document of uh, anything from guillain barre to you know all these different problems that people have which is because they might have different comorbidities or physiologies but all of them are adverse events so you would think that they said well we can't we can't do a uh, human studies to get this passed through FDA because that wouldn't be right. So we're gonna we're gonna kill we're gonna kill a bunch of mice texting it, and that worked. The, the mice did die, but they said it's okay. They're just mice, but we got it we got it under control, and uh, we're gonna try it on humans now. And they did. And Peter McKellar, the last time I talked to him, he said the issue is why in the world did they not look at clinical course first and treat the people? Because it really isn't that lethal if you don't destroy somebody's, the people, most of the people going poorly right now are people who don't have natural immunity from having COVID. I had COVID. And, and it's those who have been vaccinated and boosted. That's what the data shows. So it's 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 affecting the process of the immune system. So again, um, there is a I, you know, you have the IgG and the IgM. Well, I have no a, idea what that means. Oh, uh, these are antibodies, or okay. the making of antibodies. I just and, like former and active. Okay, so they're antibodies, which are good. We want to have those, right? Yeah, well, you, you want to have them and you want them then to maintain themselves. But there's another one. I think it's IgN4 or something like that. I, I don't know the nomenclature. Is this an antibody as well? Uh, it sort of works with the antibodies because okay. what it does, it directs antibodies to say, now nah, you don't need to look at that. Concentrate over here. Concentrate over here. Look at that. Look at that. So it starts directing traffic for the right antibody for the right problem, right? Right. That, if it's too prominent, if it if it's accelerated so that you have this particular I, I think it's IgN4, I'm not sure. But what it does is it said, you don't need to look at nothing. We're, we're good. We're good. So then you become... 
immunodeficient. It's telling them, don't look at those cancer cells. Don't worry about that. That's that's fine. It'll it'll be okay. Just look over here. Look over here. Look over there. So we're messing up, we're messing up the the system that is directed far beyond, I think, our understanding. So is it not, and so it's not inducing like a T cell response to the right area? Is, is, okay. See, All right. I, I am yeah. not a science person. I took astronomy in college just so I didn't have to take more biology and so you forth. Know, I'm proud to so say astrology. No, it was astronomy. <laughs> I thought it would be easy, but it is not. It's a lot. It's, well, it's sort of, what's happening is we're, we're people that are getting these multitudinous vac vaccines, including flu shots, which aren't really very good either. Well, but, they're effective. Yeah. On a good year, 30 You can get them all at once now, right? And you're good. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can get it all at once. You can get it all I, at once. I was just going to say, when you explain it, like the little things in there, the little antibody going, ah, don't look at that. Ah, you're fine. See, that's how I understand it, as opposed to right. this. It's, a, it's an immunodeficiency, much like AIDS. Gotcha. Okay. Carry yeah. on. I'm sorry. But when you were talking about myocarditis, my understanding is that's something that wasn't, a. you rarely saw it. And now we hear about it all the time. Correct? I've done this, done this for 32 years. It was extremely rare under anybody under the age of 40. And now it's extremely something. rare in children. Extremely rare in children. Now, I, I you pick up uh, even... Our local newspaper and you say schoolgirl seventeen dies on track. You know this. Yeah. This is a common occurrence today, and and yet those who use the nomenclature of science aren't asking why. Why so many autistic children? Why why do we have? kids that are 14, 15, 16 years old with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. These are phenomena that nobody wants to talk about. And they don't want to talk about it because much of much of corporate medicine is and corporate schools, especially um, the, the med schools are control ever since Rockefeller got into this whole business um they they control the funding they control the research you're not going to get something into Lancet which would cause debate against any of the chemicals you know and if you and, accidentally do it gets you know you get redacted because yeah they so it sounds like, again, in my layman's terms, this is a money kind of thing. Am I just being naive? I I think that uh, <laughs> I think we're living in Babylon because <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't look at the damage that's been done and look at it just because it it was the corporate greed of of the pharmaceutical companies, and even today, you know, the biggest advertiser on media, especially news shows, guess who it is? It's pharmaceutical ads. It's if pharmaceutical. they don't want to lose their funding, they've, yeah. they've got to play that, the game. That was always um, amazing to me during, you know, you see the pharmaceutical ads. It doesn't happen in other countries, yeah. by the way. It does yeah. here. 
you see the ads on TV and then they give you the list of side effects. Cause my oh, husband yeah. will jokingly sometimes say, I think I'd rather have the itchy rash than all those Death. 42 <laughs> diarrhea <laughs> uncontrollable bowels. You know, they, they, say it so any of them. they say it so beautifully because in the, they show these people running along. hugging. <laughs> yeah, them. yeah. They're holding <laughs> flowers. How and bad could then it, it be? Says, headaches, neuralgia, and occasional anal leakage. Well, these are <laughs> problems, you know, I think these are big problems. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that was the thing during the COVID vax push. You didn't hear any of that. You know, you hear it with everything else, but right. you didn't hear the possible side effects, which well, I thought was just crazy. You open the package of the vaccines and you, you, there, that folded paper, the folded paper was in there, but when you opened it up, it said, this page is intentionally blank. And people still got it. Yes. And get it again. And did not ask questions. They did not. And here we and are. Some people are six boosters deep at this yes. point. Yes, they are. You know, one of the interesting things I talked to Peter McCullough, and uh, I asked how his little brew of nano nanokinase, mm-hmm. and I think it's dandelion root and bromelain. I what does yeah. this mean? So it's it's basically an enzyme that helps to break up the clotting. Do you take it? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. I I I. <laughs> I'm just clarifying. We love you. I'm just. We love you. Just clarifying <laughs> for listeners who are like, I don't know what the nana are. So well, what that you. is, that's actually a that's the result of fermented soy. Yes. Oh. Oh yes, I knew that. Yeah. So I, uh, really, really, uh, one of the major factors of the jab is that it causes it causes an endothelial itis. You have endothelial tissue, which is in the inside of your, it's the pavers in the inside of your blood vessels and everything. Swollen tissue, Kathy. Thank you. It's the swollen tissue. Go, please go on, Graham. Swollen tissues. Whenever, whenever somebody says itis, that means inflammation. Yes. I'm going to and, say that at a dinner party when someone says itis, I'm going to say, well, obviously that's inflammation and swollen <laughs> tissue. I'm sure you don't say ISIS right now. No, I won't do that, but I, I feel like <laughs> yeah, I just got totally so much harder just now. <laughs> but, but that's a pro- problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's a big problem. It's a very big problem. And um, uh, the, the inflammations, the inter- interference with the B and T cell, efficiency all these are gigantic problems you need that for your immune system kathy yes because a healthy immune system is very important please continue so what what do we have in pennsylvania and i'm so fortunate to be here in the, the capital city of pennsylvania as a forensic investigator because it's so varied um and we we have uh, residents from med schools going through. We have one just leaving now um, that have to learn the forensic side of you have anatomical pathology, clinical pathology, and then forensic pathology. So they're understanding what we have to do, which is applied to law. But um, the deaths of the Amish people here have been almost non-existent because they got natural immunities. They don't have these problems. They don't have the myocarditis. With these issues related to COVID and with issues, the Amish not having issues related to COVID and the vaccine because they didn't participate in the pandemic. 
the only thing that the only way they participate in it, they made sure everybody almost got sick because they'd have them in church and these little churches and everything. And they expected to be sick to get the natural immunity, but they weren't going to take something that was made by man and never tested. It, it, the whole thing is just amazing to me and amazing. I mean, it, it's just incredible. And I think time will tell what happens, you know, and that that's the difficulty for me, you know, what's going to happen with this, right. don't you think? Absolutely. And, I mean, I, I think there's going to be doing a that of, now. It's doing yeah. that now. Hey, yeah. you know, I, I want to make sure, cause there's other things that have kind of happened since COVID that's not just vaccine related and stuff like that, but we we're also seeing a huge issue with fentanyl and you know, where <laughs> we, I would like to know a little bit about that because we're dealing with some pretty serious psychological issues that are then, you know, being, um, moved to drug issues, um, and drug issues at- I mean, I, all-time high. All-time high. Right. Five autopsies today, they all related to drugs in one way or another. Just today. Just today, yeah. I, now, now, let's go back five years. Did so you Have, have you ever had a day where you had five in one day, all related to drugs? Um, all related to drugs? We had, uh, I think it was three or four weekends ago, we had 29 overdoses in the city and nine dead and it's because the drugs which by the way again you can't separate one thing from another they're made in china the mixes are made in china they come over here it gets mixed in mexico they come across a border that is non-existent and we have no idea who's coming over the border but we do know tons of fentanyl is coming over there's a, a we don't see just cocaine anymore. We see cocaine, fentanyl, and xylazine. Xylazine is a horse tranquilizer. And out in the street, it's called trank. Is that right? that's the zombie one where they take it and they just kind of eat your skin off? Yes. And they kind of fall over. I mean, they're just like falling over in place. I mean, you see those pictures like Kensington, Philadelphia area. Or just, yeah, that's Kensington Avenue. Yeah, in case our listeners did not um, see that, Graham reenacted what that is for us there on the on the. <laughs> this. Thank you, Graham. But um, so I you I, said, I, I was trying to dance, but yes, yeah, okay. Um, that was you mentioned the twenty nine or so overdoses, nine deaths. That was in one weekend, like a 24, 36 hour span in did, one didn't city. You tell me that some of the volunteers are trying to learn wound care just to treat these people, not only feed them at the food bank. Yes, um, I've I've worked with an agency that they're going out, and that's in the Philadelphia area, the wound care, because as you mentioned, it eats their skin off. um, And it's just, you know, in several in in this one park, and it's just awful. And, you know, I understand that's, you know, that's becoming very common, that trank, as you call it, and this mixture, and, and it's lethal. And, you know, what do we do with that? I mean, what what do you do? You're seeing it with the deaths and it's all ages. I think the nine people that died in Harrisburg were all like, what, 55 and older? Yes. Now, they were they were old time crack users. You have to understand this is a new generation of drugs that they have out there and they're meant to kill. Wow. They're, they're I have no words. This is Cloward and Piven. Do you know who Cloward and Piven are? No. 
No. They, they are individuals from uh, Columbia University that we really thought we really have to just bring down and destroy the American system because we need this beautiful socialist communist system. And they said, the first thing you do is you overtax everything. You overtax- We're there. Yes. My number one achieved. Break it down. Break it down. Number two. Break it down. Everybody's fearful and everything else. And that's what we're having. You can't, you can't with any common sense be allowing 7 million people that you, we don't even know. We They are from more than 110 countries, many of them countries that have sworn to destroy this country. And we're just letting them through the border and then we're releasing them. And nobody, no, nobody's even tracing these people. Instead, they come across with a cell phone that somebody gave them. They got Nikes on and they give them $7,000 when they get over here. Now, what is this? Meanwhile, we have people starving and we're trying to feed them with our food bank. Well, and a lot of those are middle class families now. I mean, they've right. really widened the gap of rich versus poor at this point. They're they're succeeding. Yeah. And I oh, think the COVID, drug COVID moved trillions of dollars worth of wealth from out of the middle class into well, and I, I think call them the elite. I don't know. We have just a couple of minutes, but I know um, you know, we're talking about the drug, the fentanyls issues and it's all socioeconomic classes you see people you know that are down and out and poverty on on addicted and then you see people from affluent homes and all age groups you know and again and this is two minutes we probably have to have you back um graham but what do you do for those i mean i look at it, it's a sense of hopelessness because if people let go into that um just it's despair if you see the pictures you know what do you offer and i know you do a counseling and you talk to addicts what yeah, do you doing say, that, uh, Thursday? Yeah, yeah, in two minutes or less, you know, what what would what do you say to those people that are seriously struggling with addiction? You know, what's the answer? First time I see a drug addict, a new guy in the group, I'll say, who was the first drug pusher? And they'll say, what are you talking about? I said, the first drug pusher. I said, I don't know. And I said, it was God. He gave you dopamine. And dopamine's spectacular. It can, when you create something, you can stand back and look at it and you really feel good. That's the dopamine. It's the dopamine receptors. When a, when, when a sperm hits the egg, from that point on, the dopamine receptors of a woman change. They're far more sensitive, more makes her more empathetic, you know, and, and, and more cautious and all these things. So dopamine in itself is not a bad thing. But addiction is something you do over and over again in your life and consistently have negative results. So it isn't just drugs. And that's why I'm so much against over-medicating for psychological reasons and then over-medicating with drugs that'll kill an addict slower. Because guys that have done heroin for years, like those, those, nine, those 29 that were overdosed, they were old crack users and they knew how to use just a little bit of crack. But what they were taking was crack, fentanyl, and xylazine. And that killed them. 
Um, we just have a minute or so left, but it sounds like, and I know from talking to you just personally, you know, again, the pharmaceuticals to treat the addiction isn't the answer, but it has to be something beyond yourself and a higher power, a faith, and um, beyond that. And in 20 seconds or less, is that is that not what you've mentioned has to be the answer to someone kicking that habit and having a productive life? I sure hope so, because my book is entitled The Coroner and the Cross. And how I've seen how when the dead die, they tell me how we've been living. And that that brought me to a, a much closer. Uh, I, I'm Christian, so uh, it brought me to a much closer living relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit, because I could see I could see the pain and demise of people. Even if I even if this book does nothing more than bring people to realize you got a body a mind and a spirit spirit well we have to and the soul goes on forever well we have to wrap it up but i thank you so much for what you're doing for shedding light on all of this and um we'll have to have you back again because i know there's so much more what's your say your book uh one more time for people oh well there's two projects i'm working on the one is unaddicted which is going to go in depth of looking at addiction with the concept that it man is body, mind, and soul. And then the second one is uh, is the coroner and the cross. Well, and we'll look, look forward to those and um, talking to you more at some point. But, you know, as we wrap things up, uh, wherever you are, whatever you can do today, the important thing is to stand up, step forward, and speak out. Thank you, Graham. Okay, God bless you guys.